Monday woke up in darkness as residents of the eastern seaboard of the United States of America had their clocks adjusted due to some arcane reason that almost no one remembers. The past has a long reach into the future, but this present is 43 days away from the time when our portion of the Earth begins tilting back to the light. Charlottesville Community Engagement is here to track as many of the movements as possible. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, Charlottesville selects a Pennsylvania administrator as the third interim city manager in three and a half years. The Fifeville Neighborhood Association seeks a facilitator to help with implementation of the Cherry Avenue Small Area Plan. Vaccinations for children have begun in the area and a Charlottesville television pioneer has died. And a Louisa County supervisor wins a seventh term on a four-vote margin. Let's begin today's show with the first of two Patreon-fueled shoutouts. Charlottesville 350 is the local chapter of a national organization that seeks to reduce dependence on fossil fuels. Charlottesville 350 uses online campaigns, grassroots organizing, and mass public actions to oppose new coal, oil, and gas projects and build 100% clean energy solutions that work for all. To learn more about their most active campaigns, including a recent petition drive to the Richmond Federal Reserve Bank, visit their Facebook page at facebook.com slash seville350. This weekend, vaccinations of children between the ages of 5 to 11 began in the Blue Ridge Health District. According to spokeswoman Catherine Goodman, there were 127 vaccinations in that range at the Community Vaccination Center in Seminole Square, and Pediatric Associates vaccinated 565 children. The Blue Ridge Health District and the University of Virginia Health System begin administering shots today. Dr. Debbie Ann Shirley is an expert on pediatric infectious diseases at the UVA Health System. I think this is a really big step forward, and um, the COVID vaccine is probably um, one of the most well-studied vaccines at this point um, in in history. Um, There have been hundreds of millions of doses already given. Um, There have been clinical trials um, done in adults and um, young adults and adolescents and and now the 5 to 11-year age group. Federal officials approved the Pfizer vaccine for children last week, which uses a smaller dose than the one given to people 12 and above. Dr. Shirley said that lower dose was suggested through the testing process. Last week, she wrote an article on UVA Today that outlines the work that went into approving the shots. um, Using that low dose um, uh, vaccine, they still made really high levels of antibody that were uh, comparable to the same antibody levels that we've seen with Um, adolescents, older um, adults um, who received higher doses. Dr. Shirley said Moderna has submitted their data to the Food and Drug Administration for approval, and Pfizer will also soon submit information for a vaccine for even younger children. This morning, the Virginia Department of Health reports another 913 new cases, and the seven-day average of new cases is at 1,276 a day. The percent positivity statewide has increased slightly to 5.6 percent, up from 5.4 percent on Thursday. The Blue Ridge Health District reports another 42 cases today, and there have been five more reported fatalities since Thursday. 
The man who started Charlottesville's first commercial television station in 1973 has died. Harold Wright passed away on Saturday at his home at Lake Monticello. WVIR launched on March 11, 1973, using $500,000 of capital as well as second-hand equipment. That's according to a story published this morning on NBC29.com. Wright retired from the station in January of 2020, not long after it was purchased by Gray Communications in March of 2019. Louisa County Supervisor Fitzgerald Barnes has appeared to win re-election to a seventh term representing the Patrick Henry District, a canvas and recount on Friday that included remaining provisional and absentee ballots, extended Barnes' election night lead of one vote to four votes over challenger William D. Woody Jr. According to coverage on Twitter by Tammy Purcell of the newsletter Engage Louisa, Woody would have had 10 days to ask for a recount, but he conceded the race. Charlottesville's Fifeville Neighborhood Association and the city government are seeking a consultant to help with a series of listening sessions to help implement the Cherry Avenue Small Area Plan. That document was produced by consulting staff at the Thomas Jefferson Planning District and approved as an addendum to the city's current comprehensive plan on March 1st. On that same night, council adopted an affordable housing plan as the first milestone in the Seaville Plans Together initiative. The Neighborhood Association seeks a third-party facilitator to help co-design and lead up to three anti-displacement, land acquisition, and development working sessions. The goal is to move forward with implementation of the plan. The firm Roadside and Harwell will not pursue this request for proposals, according to Seaville Plans Together project manager Jennifer Koch. Her team is familiar with the Cherry Avenue plan. In an email to Charlottesville Community Engagement, she said that her staff had reviewed the plan and other small area plans and looked to support recommendations related to fostering a mix of uses and more housing options and density that respect the current scale of the neighborhood. She went on to state that the housing plan informed the future land use map with an affordability framework and anti-displacement mechanisms that are built into the plan, which also align with the goals in the Cherry Avenue plan. Since adoption of the plan in March, several properties on Cherry Avenue have exchanged hands. In April, Woodard Properties purchased the Cherry Avenue Shopping Center, as well as vacant land immediately behind. In July, the company bought a vacant lot in the 800 block of the busy roadway. Also in July, an LLC called Project New Life bought undeveloped land on Cherry Avenue at the intersection of 7th and a half Street. The future land use map in the draft comprehensive plan calls for Cherry Avenue west of Roosevelt Brown Avenue to be in the new medium-intensity residential, which calls for increased housing opportunities along neighborhood corridors near community amenities. The areas around Knoll Street and King Street north of Cherry Avenue east of Roosevelt Brown Avenue are designated as low-intensity residential sensitive community areas to allow for additional housing choice and tools to mitigate displacement within existing residential neighborhoods that have high proportions of populations that may be sensitive to displacement. But will that stop those with wealth from purchasing single-family homes that would then be protected from additional density? 
In April of this year, a house in the 700 block of Nall Street sold for $700,000, or 85.83% over the 2021 assessment. October's property transactions will be posted soon for paid subscribers of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And you are listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time now for a second Patreon-fueled shout-out. WTJU is hosting Classical Listening Parties, a series of four free, casual events on Tuesdays in November. These four events are led by Chelsea Holt, a pianist, a teacher, and one of WTJU's newest and youngest classical announcers. Chelsea Holt will guide you through all of the eras of classical music, beginning Tuesday, November 9th, tomorrow at 7 p.m. That's when participants will get a sense of early and Baroque music. For a list of the other three events, visit WTJU.net to learn more and sign up. At the same time that ballots were being counted in Louisa County on Friday afternoon, City Council introduced Mark Woolley as the next interim city manager. Woolley recently resigned as business administrator for Harrisburg, the capital of Pennsylvania. According to the U.S. Census, Harrisburg has a population of 50,099 people. Deputy City Manager Ashley Marshall and Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders will remain in place. Together with the assistance of staff, um, Sam and uh, Ashley and council, uh, I will be focusing on some key issues uh, currently before Charlottesville. Um, mainly uh, the budget and uh, the completion of the uh, comprehensive plan. Woolley will begin work on December 1st. The process to find a permanent city manager will resume once again in April. Woolley is a native of Wilmington, Delaware, who went to law school at Boston College. He has worked as general counsel for the Philadelphia Housing Authority, two positions at the Delaware River Port Authority, three positions at the Hershey Trust Company, and the position in Harrisburg. I've been uh, with the city of Harrisburg for the past four years uh, as the business administrator. Harrisburg has a form of municipal government where the executive and legislative branches are separate, so a elected strong mayor oversees department heads. The business administrator position is equivalent to a city manager. All administrative functions flow through me except for the city solicitor. According to an article on Pennsylvania Live, Woolley's resignation had been expected to take effect on November 12th, but Mayor Eric Poppenfuss made that effective on November 1st after learning of Woolley's decision to leave Harrisburg. Poppenfuss was defeated the next day in his bid for a third term, though he ran as a write-in. Anticipating questions from the press about Woolley's career, Councillor Lloyd Snook led a friendly cross-examination of his career history after resigning from the Philadelphia Housing Authority. Looking at the next 10 years or so of your career, it seems like you were often put in a position of having to kind of clean up a mess. Is that an accurate assessment? I, I think um, first assess uh, what the issues were, and then uh, accordingly, if there were things that needed to be done to implement those policies and procedures in order to, to rectify anything. 
Harrisburg has been considered by the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania as a distressed municipality since 2010. That requires creation of a financial recovery plan, which is called the Harrisburg Strong Plan. The latest financial report for the capital city is from 2019. When you got to Harrisburg, there were, shall we say, some financial difficulties that you were having to unravel. Some some financial dis- difficulties. I think the uh, it was we were in Act 47, which is uh, for distressed municipalities in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And and years before I arrived um, in Harrisburg, there were a number of bond deals uh, that were done and saddled the residents with a lot of debt. And it turns out they just couldn't pay pay it. Uh, the city couldn't pay it back. Uh, the state sent in a receiver to develop what they called a strong plan, which is uh, they sold off a lot of assets, uh, almost uh, $400 million worth of assets, uh, applied those to the debt, and then set up payments uh, for other uh, general obligation debts. Uh, and right now, um, when, I, when I arrived in uh, Harrisburg, uh, we were rounding the corner. Um, this year, and actually starting last year, uh, was able to entertain um, uh, actually getting back our credit rating. We, we didn't have a credit rating. Uh, looking to refinance debt uh, and then actually uh, uh, put out that for uh, capital projects. Um, so it's a 180 degree turn uh, from uh, where they were. And uh, they look, I think Harrisburg's going to be better for it. And I think they're going to get a credit rate. Not as good as Charlottesville, but they're going to try. The city has held a AAA bond rating from Standards and Poor's since 1964 and a AAA bond rating from Moody's since 1973. For the past several years, the city has been steadily increasing debt financing for capital projects, including several million a year for affordable housing projects and $75 million for the renovation of Buford Middle School. The next budget may include a property tax increase to help cover the cost of the increased debt service. Woolley will oversee creation of that next document, but acknowledged council will be reopening the public process for a permanent manager next spring. This is not necessarily the transition. I believe the transition will be will occur when the new city manager is appointed through your through the process that you described. That's going to begin in April. But right now, there are certain um, acute issues that need to be taken care of, and namely the budget and the comprehensive plan. Woolley said his role is to lay the foundation for that person. While Charlottesville's government is not considered distressed, the separate Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority is considered a troubled agency by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Watch the whole press briefing, which included comments and questions from press and members of the community. The entire event was just over an hour long and is on the city's streaming meeting archive. Former city manager Chip Boyles recently took a job as the executive director of the George Washington Regional Commission, the planning district around Fredericksburg. And that is it for this installment, the November 8th installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. It was quite sad to hear about the passing of Harold Wright. Uh, Just a little personal note here, I served him many, many, many lunches and many, at least a few beers, at Court Square Tavern, a place where I worked from 2004 off and on till 2019. Uh, Harold was a regular, and I spoke with him frequently, and he was part of the inspiration for where I've taken my career over the years. 
So I can really appreciate the impact that he's had on this community. Thanks again for listening. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, a program and newsletter that seeks to bring you as much information as possible as time permits. That work is, of course, assisted by various ways that you can contribute, either through Patreon or through Substack. If you do subscribe through Substack, you will be able to get extra content and you will also have your initial contribution matched by the company Ting. Internet company Ting really wants uh, to support local journalism, and that's what they're doing by supporting through this service. I'll be back tomorrow with another installment of the program. In the meantime, stay safe and, you know, don't get too down about the darkness. It always turns back to the light. 